It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is official. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, three new members of the Big 12 Conference, giving the conference 16 teams. I don't like it. I'll explain. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports and even beyond that, a little bit into the Big 12 and beyond. But nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for checking out the show. All right, you probably got dragged in by that tease there that I don't like what happened uh, in Big 12 and uh, Pac-12 conference realignment on Friday. Let me acknowledge right up front, I am welcoming Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to the Big 12 conference because I think it makes the conference that much stronger. What I do not like and why I said I don't like it is the fact that the Pac-12 is now down to the Pac-4 and probably is all but dead. That's the thing about this. That, that That's what I don't like about this. We have allowed college football to be so uh, mismanaged, I guess, and managed overall and run by corporate tycoons who run TV networks that we lost some of the soul and the identity of college football. That's what I don't like about this. Because they didn't want to pay an entire conference on the western side of the United States of America, they pulled it apart at the seams, picked off the pieces they want, and left their corpse, quote-unquote, to die. I don't, that's the thing about this. I, I don't like that aspect of this. Is the Big 12 better off having Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah in the conference? Absolutely they are. Is the Big 10 going to be bolstered by adding both Oregon and Washington to their conference? Yes, they are. But here's the thing. We already don't have a lot of representation in the college football realm in the western half of the United States. Now, the vast majority of the population of the United States of America resides in the central and eastern time zones. I get that. But here's the thing. It's been a proud, proud conference, speaking of the Pac-12, that has 108 years of history. And after this upcoming season, for all intents and purposes, it's done. It's dead. It's DOA. And it, it sucks. I, I don't know any other which way to say this because it, it just it hurts the overall regional aspect of what college football is out there. That's the thing I don't like about this. Could this happen down the road that the Big Ten and the SEC pull the Big 12 and the ACC apart? Absolutely it could. That's got to terrify you as a BYU fan, as a Utah fan. As an, it doesn't matter who you're a fan of. If you're not in one of those two conferences, who's to say that ESPN, who is running the SEC, and Fox, who is running the Big Ten, who's to say that they don't pick your corpse apart? Speaking of your conference. 
That's the concern you've got to have if you're not a member of the SEC or the Big Ten right now. What in the world are we allowing to happen to one of the great sports in all of American sports? College football is the number two sport in America behind the NFL. Football reigns supreme in the United States of America, and we are allowing the second most popular sport to be run by greed, manipulation, corrupt politics, whatever adjective and nefarious thing you want to insert there. We're allowing that to happen. And we speaking of, I speak as if I have any control over this. I have zero control over this. I've been, I'm recording this late on a Friday night. I don't know why, because I've been watching everything unfold throughout the day. And I said I'd get an update in. So that's probably why I'm sitting here lamenting what has happened on on today's podcast. Like I said, if you're a BYU fan, you should be celebrating that the Big 12 is stronger today than it ever has been before. That 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 is the positive. But... You saw a conference get literally picked apart for money, for money purposes. They didn't want to have a conference they wanted to pay on the West Coast. At least Apple was apparently in the mix, but uh, the Pac-12 decided, you know what, it's in our best interest to, uh, speaking of Oregon and Washington, to take a half share, if that, from uh, the Big Ten and jump there. Uh, the, the full share membership uh, for uh, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State after that went down was a no-brainer. They're going to get the thir- $31.7 million beginning in 2025. The full share of 2024-2025 is TBD, as I understand it, so we'll see what the ultimate uh, payout is for each one of those uh, programs and those universities, but it's just, it, 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 it hurts my soul as a guy who was born and raised in the western half of the United States to watch a conference fall by the wayside, and it's, it's just concerning to me. And maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should just be crowing about the fact that the Pac-12's hubris is is what did them in. Their their mismanagement at the top, Larry Scott and George Klyovkov's ineffective leadership did them in. I, maybe I should be crowing about that. Maybe I should be just stomping on the grave of the Pac-12. But I'm feeling pretty melancholy about this whole thing. I just I, I look at them like I don't necessarily feel all that good about this. Like I said, I I don't know. Maybe let me know what your thoughts are. I, I'd lo- love to have you guys weigh in on this because. I just look at it and it it doesn't sit right with me how everything has gone down. Like so I don't know. I like I said I sat down. I didn't re- I don't have an agenda. You don't see my uh, graphic if you're watching this on YouTube. I don't have my usual layout of the podcast. This is just a podcast for me to kind of just kind of sort through my thoughts and get them out on video and audio format and podcast form to let, to kind of just air air what I think is going on. Now, with regards uh, to the overall look ahead now, is the the Big Twelve looks very very strong. Honestly, I, I think it's a frisky conference. I think it's it's something that's going to be pretty fun to track over the coming years. But at the same time, it comes at the expense of watching the Pac-12 just get torn apart and left for dead. It's just it's it's unfortunate. So uh, we'll pivot here, and I want to talk a little bit about the Big Twelve, the new Big Twelve. I guess I should say maybe they're going to rename it. I don't know what they're going to do, but we'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been working with us for months now. The best part about LinkedIn is they sponsor our recruiting coverage here on the Locked On College channel and the Locked On Podcast Network. But bigger than that, they want to help you guys out when it comes to your hiring needs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business or you being a hiring manager. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. My friends, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team 
faster and for free. The best part is you can go create your uh, job posting on LinkedIn, then post it on your profile with your hashtag uh, hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word you're hiring. They have simple tools like screen questions to make it easy, focus, uh, easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why they're here, my friends. They want to make it as easy as possible for you when it comes to your hiring process. It's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster for free. Uh, post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars your first listener of the day. Thank you to everybody out there. Uh, every day is with us here on the podcast. Got a lot to just kind of continue to sort through. But uh, now with a 16-team conference for the Big 12, it's actually going to open up opportunities, I think, for BYU. And what I mean by that is, is that it's going to make maybe less travel on BYU now than it ever was in the Big 12 conference. Let me Allow me to explain. Now, BYU, when the Big 12 announced they were adding the four new schools originally, so I'm talking when BYU came into the conference, they were adding Houston, they were adding Cincinnati, they added UCF and BYU. BYU was 800 miles separated from Texas Tech as the closest Big 12 member. Then uh, earlier, just two weeks, not even two weeks ago, Colorado made the jump uh, to the Big 12 Conference, giving BYU a, a second partner in the Mountain Time Zone. That obviously gave him a little bit of foothold. It created the quote-unquote land bridge from Kansas to Utah and BYU. Uh, it made a lot of sense. Now, that was obviously going to help BYU with regards to having a natural geographical rival. Now, when you add Utah, who's 40 miles up the road from BYU, you add Arizona Arizona State, which are relatively short plane rides down, to the, down south of Utah, it's going to open up our opportunities for the western flank of the Big 12 Conference to become a little bit of a, a beehive of activity, but at the same time, limit travel cross-country as often as it might look like. I feel for Washington and Oregon. I feel for UCLA and USC because when they have to go play anybody other than themselves, they're traveling multiple time zones at minimum. The nice part about this with BYU is you have four geographical rivals around you now that you can travel to and hopefully the Big 12 will help uh, facilitate less travel and make not make BYU travel all the way to UCF every single year. The one-off trip one-off trip every so often to that or West Virginia or Cincinnati, whatever it might be, that's okay. But BYU should be playing Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah annually, if not more than that, if I have my way, speaking of how the conference should schedule things. I'm assuming they're going to do that because I think they understand that having the geographical rivalries and building up those fan bases in terms of the, the overall back and forth between them, 
That's a positive for the conference. Now, obviously, trips to Kansas, Texas will obviously be part of it, but those are pretty doable because that's one time zone. I'm talking more about the multiple time zone travel. So having to go from the mountain time zone all the way to the East Coast where you go back to the Eastern time zone. That's what I hope gets limited with these new additions to the conference. The other thing about this, this conference, just top to bottom, yeah, they may not be top to bottom, the the name brand programs out there, but this is a conference, speaking football-wise, that is going to be really Really fun. This is going to be a dog-eat-dog conference, it feels like, in so many facets. There is an opportunity seemingly every single week, based on how everything looks right now, beginning in 2024, for this conference to have a very, very strong, quote-unquote, middle class. It's going to be uh, very hard to claw your way to the top, but it's also, I think, pretty hard to find yourself as a bottom feeder. But it's very easy to find yourself kind of just... Uh, in that middle tier, battling back and forth, picking off a win here, losing a surprise, uh, getting a surprise loss there. That's the way things look on paper for this conference. Now, obviously, the the newcomers to the conference, Arizona State, Utah most notably having back-to-back Pac-12 titles, they've got a lot of hubris out there saying, hey, we're going to walk in and compete right away. Yeah, they probably will, but at the same time, it's a whole new uh, lay of the land they're going to have to learn from themselves. Have they competed at the Power 5 level for multiple years? Yes, they have, but they have to adapt to life in the Big 12. They've gotten used to their life in the Pac-12, obviously, with their recent run of success, but there are changes that are coming with regards to the extra travel, et cetera, they'll be required in the Big 12 Conference, and we'll see how it all shakes out. The other thing about this is BYU and Utah, the Holy War rivalry, I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody else says in the conference, not you, Arizona, not you, Arizona State, the Territorial Cup, Territorial Cup, excuse me, down in Arizona, that's a fine rivalry. BYU and Utah, it is the best rivalry in this conference. Sorry, Sunflower State, whatever you call yourselves in Kansas. Sorry to all of you down there in Texas, the battle between TCU and Bay. I don't care. The rivalry between BYU and Utah exists quite literally in everyday life out there, and it is far and away the best rivalry in the conference. And I, for one, cannot wait to have that back on the docket. Having a home-and-home between BYU and Utah at the Marriott Center and also at the Huntsman Center is going to be awesome. Having the Holy War, the football game, played on Thanksgiving weekend, I expect it to be played there. I don't know if it necessarily will be. I assume it will be. Having that back on the dock and actually have stakes on it once again after 13 years of not having any stakes on it is going to be awesome. I can't wait for that aspect of this. That, that, that's the best part about how things are looking here for the Big 12 Conference. Will it, will everything be hunky-dory right from the get-go? No, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve and a getting to know you in a way with this conference because a lot of, of programs out there, there's 16 teams now in this conference. You got 18 in the Big 10. You got 16 in the SEC. These are some pretty bloated conferences. So the hopes of BYU fans of making regular trips to UCF and to West Virginia and to Cincinnati probably aren't going to happen all that often. They may happen on a, a pretty regular cycle, but don't anticipate going to Orlando all that often. I think in once every six-year cycle type of a deal. I think there's going to be the way it looks because the Big Ten had adopted this before they added Oregon and Washington. They called it the uh, was it the three three six model or three three six model in terms of their scheduling, where you had three. Um, you had three set rivals, and I would assume BYU probably ends up with Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah being their three set rivals, and then the rest of the conference, you rotate through it on a pretty regular basis to play it. Colorado, I know that they're in the mountain time zone, but let's be honest. 
Denver is on the Great Plains. People think that Denver is what Salt Lake actually is. People go to Denver like, hey, where are those mountains everybody talks about? Yeah, you see through that haze over there like 40 miles away? Yeah, over there where the mountains are at. You come to Utah, Provo, and Salt Lake City, guess what? Those mountains, they're right there for you. That, that's the funny thing about this is Colorado is going to end up probably paired. Their natural, their 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 set rivals, quote unquote, will probably be Kansas State, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma State. That type, we're on the Great Plains. They'll be part of that Great Plains contingent. If they decide to go with a pod system, that seems very natural to have them join those. You have the 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 Intermountain schools, and I, I accept Colorado on that because, like I said, they exist on the Great Plains. Speaking of Denver and Boulder, but at the same time. You have uh, Utah. And the other thing about this, I'm going to immediately get people saying, well, Boulder's up in the mountains. Please. It's not the same as what it is with Utah. So it's going to be BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. Those, those rivals, that's your Western pod. That I think that would absolutely be a home run. It creates some really, really fun rivals. Uh, these were four schools who founded the WAC together way back in the 1960s. Obviously, were members of that conference together for 16 years before Arizona Arizona State made the jump to the what was then the Pac-8 to form the Pac-10 in 1978. So the they called themselves the Border Four, I believe they were called, when the, the WAC was going on. And it's going to be really fun to have them back together. And I think it should build up some really, really fun rivalries between the states of Utah and Arizona. And that, that's that's the fun part about this. But like I said, I go back to my original point of today's podcast. I just kind of feel kind of, in a way, it feels dirty the way everything went down. But that's kind of the reality of what college sports has become. And I guess we're going to have to make our bed and lie in it. And that, that's the thing about this as we move forward here. So uh, final note before we go on today's show will be a flip over to for you as BYU fans, if you're watching this podcast, is a recap of Friday's practice. Uh, they, they obviously opened up media availability, made a time change uh, to the morning period. I don't know if that's a permanent deal quite yet, but uh, interesting time change because it came out late on Thursday that they, hey, we're going to we're actually practicing in the morning. Media availability will be around noon. Get you some updates on how practice went as well as some of the takeaways from that. We'll get to all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine. Uh, like I said, this is kind of an atypical podcast, uh, so uh, get ready for more reaction to different things coming up on our Monday edition of the show. I'm I just I, I felt like I needed to sit down and just kind of get my thoughts out there on everything that's going on in the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve, college sports in general. But uh, let's actually get down to some actual BYU specific stuff here and talk about what happened at BYU practice. Now, uh, talking with people down there at practice, the biggest thing from day four is the BYU's finally starting to see some guys emerge is what it feels like. And does that mean that guys weren't emerging earlier on? No, but the biggest thing is now BYU's put the pads on. Shoulder pads were on, helmets were on. So you're starting to really see guys start to hit one another, start to see some of the guys who may look good when you just have helmets on and you're running around and not necessarily taking hits. The biggest thing about it, it's a violent sport. You have to be able to absorb contact and play through that. That's the biggest thing about this. Now, what I was told and about practice, and let me also acknowledge, uh, the, the practice time change, uh, I 
family comes first in my world. And my daughter had a had a performance for a summer camp that she's been attending. So uh, it was literally, you couldn't have timed it worse in a way that BYU had availability right during the same time I was there. But hey, I'm going to go support my daughter. I'll be back out at practice next week, so don't worry. But I reached out to our practice insiders. And the, the biggest word I got back was, is that Deion Smith looks very, very good. The Colorado transfer, he's looking good at running back. They said it's not necessarily that, that he's going to push or take the job away from Aiden Robbins as BYU's number one running back because Aiden Robbins looks like an absolute man amongst boys out there. He's six foot three. I've been told he weighs as much as 240 pounds. He looks like a freaking locomotive out there when he's running the football. He's got really sweet feet for a man that big as a running back. But uh, the nice part is you have a nice one-two punch. And that's not to say that Hinkley Ropati has not had his opportunities. LJ Martin, by the way, uh, the freshman from Conotillo uh, High School down there in El Paso, Texas, uh, was actually practicing today, the first couple of days of practice. Uh, the first day at media availability, he and a bunch of freshman had gone up to orientation for whatever reason or a, a class uh, deal that they had to attend. It was like non-negotiable, which baffles me that BYU requires these guys when they have football practice to leave for school. But nonetheless, I get it. But he was actually out on the practice field taking reps with the third team is what I understand. So it was good to see that. Uh, Taylor Alfrey had a nice interception for BYU during practice today. Heard that uh, he's starting to really impress some folks at safety. And he's got the size, speaking of Taylor Alfrey, to be a guy who can really be an impact player. Is he going to be the most athletic guy on the football field? No, because there's more athletic players in BYU's defensive backfield. But the bigger thing it feels like for a guy like that, it just can to have steady play. There's going to be opportunities for him to make an impression out there. There are guys like Michael Harper in the defensive backfield as well as Malik Moore who probably are your one-two combo as your starting safeties against Sam Houston State and probably throughout the majority of this season. But you have Raider DeMooney waiting in the wings. You've got guys like Crew Wakely down the depth chart who want to prove themselves after transferring over from Utah State. But Taylor Alfrey, I think, has still got a big opportunity to really show himself as a, as a player who's capable of earning playing time. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how it ultimately all pans out. That's the funny thing about this. Is it's never a perfect science with regards uh, to how practice goes, how guys uh, go about showing themselves to the coaches, but they have to continue to prove themselves day in and day out. Other thing, uh, what I was told, Eddie Heckard looks the part. Uh, very, very good job. They went ones versus ones in multiple uh, uh, multiple drills today where guys like Chase Roberts, etc., were going up against Eddie Heckard. And what I was told is that Eddie Heckard had uh, multiple pass breakups in this practice. It was good to hear that. Uh, he's absolutely become kind of that blanket on the field. He's going to be a big part of BYU's success on defense this year. His ability to go one-on-one is going to be absolutely critical for BYU's chances. This is a defense that's going to require their cornerbacks to play man press coverage. It's something that we've heard promised for years from BYU, but it never really came to fruition. This new defense under Jay Hill, it is going to be a part of the deal for BYU. Uh, Both Keaton and Jake Retzloff continue to impress. I'm telling you right now, I'll put my money on it. Keaton Slovis, we all know, is number one quarterback. Jake Retzloff is your number two. He is the heir apparent. Jake Retzloff, if everything goes according to plan, and it seems like it's going according to plan already, he will be the starter in 2024 for BYU and obviously have an opportunity to play two years, it looks like, if everything, like I said, if it pans out the way, to be BYU starting quarterback. Keaton gets this year, 24 and 25 belong to Jake Retzloff, and then beyond that is Ryder Burton uh, step into the role, but it, it's setting up nicely for the quarterback competition, and both of the top two quarterbacks in camp right now are looking very much the part, according to people I talked to as well. And along, along the offensive line, I, I heard this mentioned by Mitch Harper, 
and Matt Biamonte as well, uh, that uh, on the offensive line today, as we all expected, Paul Miley took reps at center with Connor Payne moving over to guard. Uh, I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, Matt Biamonte said in his recap with Mitch that he was surprised by that. He thinks that Connor should be the center. But here's the thing. Paul Miley is a power five caliber offensive lineman. The, the issue is, He's only six foot two, and they list him at 300 pounds. He's not 300 pounds. Really, the only true position it feels like he fits in with what BYU is trying to do is at center. So, if his best opportunity to play on the field, and you think he's one of the best five linemen for BYU, you move Connor Pay to guard because Connor Pay is all a six foot five, 300 and whatever pounds. He actually, I, I think, in many ways, might actually be okay playing that guard position because it gives him extra film when it comes to his NFL prospects. That's the thing about this. He's got plenty of experience playing center. He's got all that film. Film that NFL teams can pull and look at from his center days, but this season if he plays guard, it gives him even more opportunity to show, hey, I'm a versatile offensive lineman. I can play anywhere along the offensive front that you want me to. I'm, I'm expecting that BYU is far from truly setting a top five uh, rotation on their offensive line. They'll continue to cross-train guys. I'm expecting guys like Braden Kime to continue to get action. Uh, what I was told today is that he actually lined up at right guard at times for BYU alongside Caleb Etienne at right tackle. Now, Braden Kime is a walk-on from Alta High School. Folks, him and Caleb Etienne both stand six foot eight or six foot nine. That is a huge wall on the right side of BYU's offensive line. On the left side, when you got Kingsley Suomati at 6'6, and I was told that guys like Waylon Lapuaho got time there. Those are not those are not small dudes by any means, but when you <laughs> when you got two guys who are 6'9 at guard and tackle on the right side, it's a massive massive offensive front for BYU, but the positive news is it feels like that competition is just really kind of, it's just really getting going here. We'll see who who prevails in the end. Uh, could Ian Fitzgerald continue to make an impression? We'll see. It, it, the competition is going to be fierce there. The nice part is whoever ends up being the best five of that offensive line should excite you as a Cougar fan because that is going to be maybe, and I've said this before on the podcast, it's probably going to be the best single unit ta- talent-wise on BYU's offense. No offense to the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and even Keaton Slovis as a quarterback, but that offensive front, it's been Kalani Sitake's M.O. since he came to BYU is he wants to dominate in the trenches. One thing I think BYU needs to lean into, especially in this new era of the Big 12, is to become one of the most physical, if not the most physical team in the conference. There are programs out there who have that reputation. Utah's going to come in with that reputation. You already have programs like a Kansas State who are considered to be among the toughest. Baylor's had that rep at times as well. But the thing about this, I hope BYU, they come in and say, yeah, you guys may think you're tough, we're tougher. That's one thing I think BYU should hang their hat on just as a little bit of an advantage. I think the BYU should be gunning for. Is it ultimately going to pan out that way? No, I have no, no idea of, no, no way of telling that because if I could tell the future on that, trust me, I'd be making a lot more money doing this podcast and I'd probably be making a lot more money not doing the podcast because I'd be prognosticating somewhere else where they pay me oodles and oodles more money. But that's the, that's the fun part about how everything is going to go here is it's fun to kind of look ahead at the conference and look and say, okay, what are the reputation of some of these programs going to be? I expect Arizona State to still be that front runner that uh, looks like that quote-unquote sleeping giant, but is completely undisciplined and doesn't look uh, th- doesn't play the way that they look when they step off the bus, if that makes sense. They, they, they're soft. They have that reputation of being soft because they spend all the time in the sun. 
you know what? That's part of the reputation. But that's the thing about this is every member of this new conference has a reputation and opportunity, by the way, with a new conference really getting going in 2024. Uh, this year also will also give an opportunity for BYU and some of the other newcomers to make an impression. But it's essentially it's like getting together on the first day of school. You're all at a new school. Okay. Who's going to end up being who? What, what? Who's going to establish themselves with this crew over here? Who's going to be doing that? Like, that's the opportunity that stands in the way. But I hope that BYU in particular becomes one of those programs you just you simply do not want to mess with because you know BYU is going to mess you up. They're going to make you feel it for weeks afterwards when you face off against the Cougars. And just kind of going back to my point, I think that's why the offensive line competition this year is going to be very, very positive for BYU. All right. I think I'm done. I think I got everything off my chest I wanted to talk about. But, hey, if not, that's why we do it again on Monday. So a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, truthfully. It really does mean the world to me. Uh, A lot of great comments from the last week's worth of podcasts, a lot of interaction, and I cannot thank you guys enough for the support. Please continue to subscribe, rate, review, enable notifications, like the show, comment on it, uh, hit the like button on YouTube, uh, all the stuff. That makes the algorithms uh, send us out to more people. Cannot thank you guys enough for the support. Uh, to all of you who may be new Big 12 members, that uh, fans who are checking out the podcast, hey, let's do this thing. It's going to be a really, really fun new era. And like I said, I, even though I'm kind of down about the, 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 the end of the Pac-12 run here, at the same time, it's a very... Very exciting time looking ahead to the future of the Big 12 Conference. And I, for one, cannot be cannot wait to be along for the ride as we continue to break down everything going on with BYU and beyond. So stay with us once again right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making it your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers. And, of course, rejoin us on Monday right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.